Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinoso. We're reading the entire Bible together, out loud, chapter by chapter. Look, and this is a special one here. We're doing KFUO share so over two days we'll be looking at a psalm. We're looking at Psalm 78, and this is um, not like some of the psalms that we've done before. We've kind of done some psalms that sort of corresponded with the church here, or uh, maybe just kind of going sequentially through them. This is one that we uh, particularly picked out because it lines up so well with what we've been doing with regards to Exodus. We, we went through the plagues, we went through the Red Sea, we're just looking at Exodus, I think it was Exodus 15 last time, uh, the Song of Moses, and so this is a psalm here that is all about uh, the Exodus at first, it seems, and then it goes and it applies the Exodus to the lives of the people um, in the later situation that they find themselves in. So it's really cool to see how you can take something like the Exodus and then make applications. And this, this psalm is just an example of how that's done and how God's people have been doing that for some time. So really great psalm to be looking at, Psalm 78 here. And joining us, I mentioned this earlier this week, we've got our guest, we've got Pastor David Boyce Claire, who was on earlier this week, helping us go through Exodus. So he's all warmed up and ready to go. Uh, he's pastor at Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back on with us. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great and, and ready to go. And this time we proactively uh, to be for the connection. We got a good connection today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Praise God for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you change things up. You do things just a little bit differently. and It, it just seems to invite chaos at times. Uh, yep, but yep. yeah, but by God's grace, that doesn't seem to be the case for today. But yeah, Psalm 78. Uh, I think I think I looked this up, and I think it's the second longest psalm in the mm. entirety of the Psalter. This is, is a big one here. It's, uh, it stands out. Well, the longest one, of course, is, what, 119, and then, right. uh, then, then that's pretty long, 176 yeah. verses, I think. And it's a very, very much dovetails with uh, your study of uh, Exodus, and it is long. <laughs> Right, right. So why do you, you know, so you mentioned 119, and I think that one's kind of obvious, you know, the, the, why it's a longer psalm, because um, you look at it, and it's broken down into, I think, what, 22 sections? So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's sort of a, a lot of mini psalms all kind of uh, crammed into one. But this one, um, it does, it's not like that. So why, why do you suppose this one is uh, such a, a beefy psalm here? Well, well, um, you know, it's it uh, wants to re recount, uh, you know, the history of uh, Israel. You say Israel's spiritual history with the Lord, with God, and uh, just like uh, one uh, uh, scholar, I watched a, a study of this, and they said it was similar to what Stephen did when he appeared before. Uh, the council of the Sanhedrin, and, uh, you know, he was then subsequently uh, the first martyr put to death. And But he, he says, you always are, are hard-hearted and so on. And so it just kind of recounts. Um, so it's not, it's not a, uh, uh, it doesn't do any glorying or bragging about the people of Israel. It's kind of like, a, you know, kind of calls them to repentance. But it's a, called a maskeel, which means a didactic or a... Um, uh, so, uh, you know, a, a psalm which uh, you psalm know of, of insight. Yes, yes, and 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 using history. You know, in other words, let, let now just 
take this into consideration and and uh, shows the shortcomings of God's people, which, of course, is kind of instructive for us as well. Uh, if you look at 1 Corinthians uh, 10, uh, the Apostle Paul says, you know, it, it sort of like does the same thing when he says, think about what they did and, and, and then the consequences. You know, of course, that doesn't mean that we repent because of the law, but it just basically draws us to the need for repentance. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I think that's right. Uh, it's it's all it's all part of it. That the, the gospel uh, is never uh, without the law. That that it's right. always uh, working together in that way. And that yeah, I, I do think that it is like that. There's a couple psalms that are like that that try to recount the the history. But but this is particularly expansive here. And it's interesting. It's a muscle of um, Asaph. It says there. So it, it's not necessarily maybe quite as focused on like David and has maybe that broader perspective. So this is maybe that Psalm that uh, you have in the Psalter. It's right about in the middle in terms of the chapters where it just has that big, broad view of kind of like, let's just take a moment and put all the pieces together. So very cool to be looking at it today. Uh, exactly. A lot of good stuff for us. And, and, and that's why we're <laughs> breaking it up over two days. But uh, without any further ado, because we only have a, a, a few short minutes here before our first break, uh, let's, let's, if you would, go ahead and open this up with a prayer. Yes. Let us pray. Lord of all, you led your people out of Egypt with a powerful hand and an outstretched arm, with a cloudy, fiery pillar that guided them through the wilderness for 40 years until you led them into the land you promised to their fathers, all this to establish a people of your own possession from which you would bring into the world your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Grant us today as we study this psalm, which relates your gracious power to save, to lead, and guide, that we might trust in you to guide us through the wilderness of this world into life everlasting, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. All right. So let's go ahead then and turn to the, the text of this psalm here. Um, I, I mean, lo longer, like we said, longer psalm here. It is an expansive retelling of the story of the people of God. Um, is there anything else we ought to be bearing in mind? I mean, this, is, this isn't like the other chapters that we normally do where you're thinking about the, the, the chapter that came before or the chapter that comes after. Uh, this is, you know, they're not really sequential. It's like a hymn book. But but there are still some things you want to be keeping in mind um, just so we make sure we hear it the right way. I, I think one of the neat things about this is it shows God's, uh, how he relates to his church or his people, uh, that, that he is their shepherd, and that there's the idea of shepherding. Uh, Psalm 77 ends with saying that the, the uh, Lord led the people through a, Moses and Aaron, you know, like shepherds. And then it ends, of 78 ends with saying that David, the king, will shepherd his people. He's called away from the flock. So, and then, and then uh, the other thing is, it's interesting that the, when it talks about the teaching in verse 1, that the word user is Torah, which is like the first five books of Moses, which, you know, in a sense, as the Psalms sometimes are used as sort of a uh, you know, a hymn of praise to the Lord, uh, you know, on the basis of the Torah, so a, a sort of a uh, devotion to God 
with view of his, uh, you know, of the Torah, of the of the books of Moses. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think that's helpful just to be kind of bearing in mind. And like you're saying, you know, we have this very broad, um, you know, an expansive um, shepherding theme that just goes throughout and it, it goes before Moses. Um, and yet uh, and before before David, right, even, even before David right. has this kind of like obvious kind of shepherd king role. So, yes. right. It, it, we see it all the way through. That's one of those common threads. Um, you know, actually, it, it is right about the time for the break. So rather than start reading it and then get stuck halfway through, um, I, I think we're just going to go ahead and just take the break now. And that way we can just read the mm-hmm. whole thing without uh, breaking it up any further. So we just have to keep everyone exactly. on pins and needles then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone, uh, just a quick little break here. Uh, just more about the share that we're doing here on KFUO. We'll get right back to Psalm 78, Thy Strong Word. is a valued gemstone to my life as a Christian. From my grandparents' very large brown radio when I first listened to KFUO to the technical advantages of KFUO.org and the ability to share recorded podcasts on my phone or email, KFUO's gospel witness is an anytime, anywhere missionary and a wonderful Bible study resource for me. Andy and Sarah's coffee hour chats are the caffeine boost in my morning for witness, mercy, and life together and living joy fully Lutheran. Thank you, KFUO. If you enjoy our talk programs, please call and support KFUO at 314-821-0850 or toll-free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Looking at Psalm 78 today, uh, kind of special uh, KFUO share edition here. Uh, be- because of that, we're not taking questions over the phones, but if you would like to pledge your support for KFUO, which makes it possible for us to to do everything that we're doing, uh, please do ahead, do go ahead and give a call. That number is the same 1-800 number that you're used to, 1-800-730-2727. Uh, you can still, if you do have a question for us, give us a call, KFUO at KFUO.org. Uh, I, I'm, I'm working on the, the Facebook stream. We'll, we'll maybe get that. <laughs> uh, a little different setup here, trying to focus on uh, these important things here. It's really great that we are doing this share though. KFUO needs uh, all, all the support, deserves all the support we can uh, give it here. And uh, and plus, there's, there's these cool little gifts that you get. I was just taking a look at some of those, the... Uh, the, the license plates, uh, license plate frames, very classy there, uh, both for outside or within the St. Louis area. Uh, for those of you who are listening AM, they, they got you covered there, AM 850. Uh, but yes, uh, so yeah, questions and pledges also. Well, any further ado, though, let's go ahead and turn to the text. We've got Psalm 78 here. We'll start with the superscription, which is part of the uh, text in the original. Amaskil of Asaph. 
Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he's done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he'd shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt and the fields of Zon. He divided the sea and let them pass through it, and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep, he made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger arose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven, and he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he led out the south wind. He rained meat on them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He led them... He let them fall in the midst of the camp all around their dwellings, and they ate and were well filled, for he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and he killed the strongest of them and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath and their years in terror, when he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the most high, their God, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the fields of Zon. He turned their rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them swarms of flies which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locust and the fruit of their labor to the locust. 
He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamores with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to thunderbolts. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them to safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain which his right hand had won. He drove out nations before them. He appointed them for a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow, for they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh and the tent where he dwelt among mankind and delivered his power to captivity, his glory to the hand of the foe. He gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men, and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke from his sleep, like a strong man shouting because of wine, and he put his adversaries to root. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth which he has founded forever. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob his people, Israel his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. All right, so yeah. there it is, and it is just every bit as uh, big and epic as as you were describing it. Just, I mean, the the way it just puts uh, such a broad stroke and putting everything together, and and a lot like you were saying, like Stephen's sermon, it is it is kind of like a sermon, isn't it? Um, yes. I mean, I mean, really, oh, yeah, tending towards the exactly sermon side of a masquil. Yes, that's exactly what it is, and 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 it and it's. Um, they they divide it, uh, you know, just like things uh, between uh, verses 1 through 37. Well, I'm talking about Kyle Dalich, uh, his commentary, which yeah. tends to be, you know, uh, you know biblical. Uh, the first part deals with the God-tempting unthankfulness of Israel, and then uh, and then the second part is the, uh, they're wandering in the desert to back to uh, when they came into Israel. And, and, you know, I was, I was wondering when they, in verse 9, it speak about the Ephraimites, uh, which yeah. were the large, I mean, you know, which was half of the tribe of Joseph, but became so, so numerous that they kind of uh, sort of uh, exemplify, or they were the, uh, the tribe of the north, or, or the kingdom of Israel, or the ten tribes. Uh, yeah. they, that, that I was wondering, you know, you, you, you might have, 
people saying, well, is, are they speaking about the destruction of uh, the northern kingdom in 722? But obviously, you'd, you'd have to have more details. And it, and it seems like this, this was written, of course, at the time of King David. You know, that's, I think that's right. pretty clear. But the, the, the first king of Israel was Saul, who was from uh, the tribe of Benjamin, which was from the northern tribes. But then uh, the second king, God's choice, was uh, Judah. And so that that was that's brought in there, right? Yeah, I know that is interesting to consider that the name Ephraim, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Today, I want to try to focus on the parts that have to do with the, the Exodus because it seems like a mm. lot of it goes back to that, um, right? And and it, and it is really interesting to stop and consider, um, and, and we're going to get there, uh, you know, about the ten. Um, the, the ten northern tribes and Ephraim's place among them, and the juxtaposition of um, Ephraim and, and Judah, like that. But what, what's interesting is that you know, as you were saying, clearly a, a masquil that's written that is written in a time of David, at least uh, of the Davidic uh, monarchy um, that, mm-hmm. that at least followed him. So we're not talking; we're talking at least uh, after David comes onto the scene, um, if not during his reign. And so it's interesting that, you know, for, for that time, all the way at, at that point, that so much of this would be all about the Exodus, right? That, I mean, when you, when you break it down and, and you just look at Psalm 78 and kind of what the logic here is, you know, it's like at the beginning, well, hey, look, guys, God gave us something to do to, to carry on this story, this message from generation to generation, that these things that happened way back when wouldn't just disappear into memory, right? Like it says, I will utter dark sayings from of old, right? Um, the idea is that every generation of our people would experience these things through the telling and the retelling here, that these things would not become hidden. And so in some ways, it almost feels like the, the whole thing is like, if you would just remember the Exodus, right? If you would just yes. keep God's salvation before you, this wouldn't be a problem. And, and again and again, you have this refrain that's, you know, uh, uh, you see it there in verse 7, it's set up, forget the works of God and keep his commandments. That's the problem. You forget what God's done, and so you're not going to follow what he's told you to do. Uh, the whole reason why we follow the law, the, the thing that gives us the power, is, is that we have God's grace and his salvation before us. When you take that away, I mean, how is obedience supposed to happen? Right. I mean, you know, like in the in the um, uh, the dialogue between Luther and the medieval church at at his time, you know, it, they they're saying, "Well, do good works to be God's people." Yeah. Well, how can we do good works? We have to be regenerated. We have to be reborn by the Spirit in the gospel. And there's a lot of gospel in this in this psalm. And um, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I really like has one scholar has said. Uh, before Christ, God was known as the God who brought Israel out of the land of Egypt. As you know, when, when he uh, gives the introduction to the Ten Commandments, he, uh, you know, it says, uh, this says, God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, you know, you shall have no other gods before me, and so on. And then, but then, at the time of the church in the New Testament, he is known then as the God who raised Jesus from the dead. Which is the God right. you're talking about? We're talking about the God who brought us out of Egypt. And so that's why the centering in and, and real emphasis on the Exodus in this psalm. Right. Yeah, I know. Whether that's um, in our New Testament perspective, and we're thinking about the salvation that God uh, wrought for us in 
the, the greatest exodus of the, the death, resurrection, ascension of our Lord Jesus, or whether it's the, the BC uh, Christians, uh, you know, you might say, uh, yes. they're, they're always looking, looking back on what God has done and how God has saved his people. That, that's always the pattern, you know, and, and I think that sometimes we really minimize that and we say, well, you get you get this question in Sunday school a lot, like, well, how are the people in the Old Testament saved? I mean, and, and then sometimes you get the answer, like, well, well, they, they also it was by faith in Christ, which is not a bad answer. But the way that it's no. framed is, well, because they believe that one day the Messiah would come and he would die and take away all their sins and all this. But it's like, well, I mean, they didn't know exactly how that was all going to go down. I mean, I mean, they, they didn't really. I mean, of course, you look at the New Testament; everyone's surprised and and shocked by Jesus, right? It's not like they yeah. were just like, "Hey, about about time," you know? I mean, we've been waiting for you for only like you know like thousands, you know, over a thousand years here. So, I mean, I, I think that like us, they were looking back. They were looking back on, yeah, uh, God has saved us, you know, like. Uh, you know, past tense or uh, present perfect, right? And he had done that. You know, Christ the Rock had done that in the Exodus. Um, I want to unpack that a little bit more here, but it's already time for our, our second break here. But uh, everybody, uh, be right back here. Great opportunity. The, the pledges are doubled right now. Check that out, that 1-800 number. Uh, check that out. Be right back. Nice strong word. beautiful thing about this ministry and it is a ministry that is part and parcel of what we do as the body of Christ in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is to proclaim the gospel and the joy and the hope and comfort that comes out of that through the sheer conversation that takes place between human beings on a daily basis it is one thing to read the Word of God and to inwardly digest and to take it in and to study it. And uh, that, that is uh, certainly a wonderful, noble task that everybody in the church has been called to do on a, on a regular basis. But to me, uh, there is nothing more wonderful than when one human being proclaims the mercy and the glory of God in Christ to another human being and makes that connection. And uh, even in this day and age of different ways of communicating and technology and the visuals that uh, we seem to be so enamored with. In my experience as a parish pastor and now as the chief mission officer of our church body, I'm not sure there's anything that compares to two people directly talking with one another about the Word of God and what God has done for us in Christ. To me, one of the most enjoyable things about tuning into KFUO when I'm when I can, when I'm available to do that, when I've when I've got a minute and I can actually sit still uh, long enough, is that it is providing such a sense of refreshment and rejuvenation. And uh, as I listen to the faithful people that come into this studio day after day, it's when you think about it, quite a lineup of of very gifted individuals that. God has sent into our midst that really are in many ways his servants, his instruments, and 
what a way in which their gifts and abilities by the grace of God are multiplied to a huge audience, beneficiaries of the work that they're doing on behalf of Christ and his church. Please consider becoming a day sponsor during our share Call 314-821-0850 or toll-free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, looking at Psalm 78 today, uh, an Exodus psalm in, in many good ways. And, and we're just talking about that, how the Exodus, I mean, it's so central to the Old Testament faith, how faith has always been, hey, look at what God has done for us, and how that salvation that he brings us changes us. And that's then how we obey. I mean, and, and this maskeel of Asaph here in Psalm 78 is just again and again, why do God's people rebel? Why do they, why do they become stubborn? Why do they disobey? Why do they go astray? Because they forget what God has done. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, this is a, I mean, this, this is really, a, uh, really applicable, actually more applicable than I even like intended uh, for, for Sherathon here. I mean, th- this is what you want to keep doing. You, you want to keep proclaiming the Word of God again and again to every generation, and that's what we're doing um, and, and all the programs um, on KFUO. It's a great opportunity, uh, besides the really cool license plate, uh, <laughs> that's a gift. Also, they got a new, a new t-shirt here, which actually has this like very like thematic idea. It's, uh, it's, a, it's from Romans, um, but it's that, you know, faith comes from hearing and hearing uh, through the Word of Christ, and, and, and that word, you know, faith there in Greek, it's kind of a word for also, it gets tied into like obedience, right? So like the faith that actually does this stuff, it, it comes from hearing, it comes from remembering. I mean, think about that. The opposite of forgetting is is hearing. I mean, that, that that's really what it is. You need to keep hearing. And so it's a it's a fantastic mission that KFO has. I don't know if I'm, I'm just kind of going off here on uh, <laughs> on the themes here, brother, but uh, I don't know if you have anything no. to add to that. No, I, I think you're exactly right. What's interesting is I was thinking about the, like the Hebrew tradition, like the two types of um, like, well, of course, this would be like in the um, uh, Talmudic literature and others of the, of the Jewish people is that there's two types of of ways of of presenting god's word is the the halakha which is how you walk or how you yeah. live and then there is the haggadah which is the tradition and so this psalm i think is sort of like a haggadah of of everything and then you know like at the passover meal uh you know you the the father of the family it tells the tells his children tells his family you know we this is this is us you know in other words to include uh you know his family into what went on from the time of uh yeah. the exodus through the wilderness and so on and through the history so and 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 in the sense and and then if you look at what our lord says in the institution of his lord's supper he says do this in my remembrance do this in remembrance of me 
You know, so we, as you said, uh, it is when we when we uh, uh, do not remember, uh, you know, that's that's when that's when we fall into uh, sin and error. Right, right. Now, I mean, and and so that's and that's that's a tricky thing, I think, in our age because we we don't think of knowledge this way. We don't think of we don't think of remembrance this way. Like you you think to yourself well i don't need to remember this because there's google reminders right yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. like i don't need to memorize all these facts because i can just google it i can just i can just uh you know look it up right just to a search nothing against google per se right i'm i'm actually cool. a big user of a uh, google calendar and reminders and stuff but but i mean that that's the that's the danger right that we kind of say well i'm going to kind of outsource all of my remembrance to technology Right. And it's like, well, that works for certain things. But the, the opposite of uh, the opposite of remembering when it when it comes or the opposite of forgetting when it comes to God's word, it's not, uh, you know, that your your phone remembers it for you and that you can look it up. Right. Um, it, it's that it's on your lips constantly. It's this uh, meditative uh, like you were saying that that tradition, you know, Haggadah and Halakah, like they, they, they go together. Um, it's when it's, I mean, it's like Psalm one, right. Which is in some ways an introduction to the whole thing. It's uh, the right. man who's meditating on this day and night. He's the one who actually delights to follow this stuff. So, uh, yeah, just, just lots of important things here go, uh, going on, r- really highlighting the importance of the work, um, of KFUO. I want to talk a little bit specifically though, here about, uh, what is being called to remembrance and in particular, uh, the the very first thing, actually, I mean, like, is, is this bit about um, Ephraim, uh, which we're going to kind of save for later. But like, the the big idea is, Asaph seems to be taking modern day examples of faithlessness and saying it all goes back to the same pattern. And so you you and I, we can think of all kinds of examples of modern day faithlessness. How you know the church in 2020 isn't being faithful, or the things that people are doing who claim to be spiritual and religious, right? But but the point in here in this this insightful masquil um, is that it goes back in the same way to forgetting what God did in Egypt, um, starting with there it is the crossing of the Red Sea. I mean, there it is. There, there's the there boom. In the same way that you know you and I we immediately go to the cross of the Lord Jesus, right? They go to the crossing of the Red Sea. And, and it's interesting, Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 speaks of it as baptism. And sort of like, yeah. I mean, you know, again, relating it to the modern time, we forget our baptism. And, 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 and repentance yeah. is always a return to the baptism. And so here in this case is you're forgetting you're being baptized into Moses through the Red Sea by the, by the power of God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that that's well said. I I remember, you know, um, I I was a, a part. I was supposed to be part of an after school program, a Christian after school program that worked with a, a charter school. And a big part of what we were doing was identity formation. That you had like a lot of these communities where there was just a lack of identity. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times it was a lack of family. Um, and, oh, and so, yeah. you know, how do you how do you work on this? And and we really will in our Lutheran way, we're ap- we're absolutely emphasizing baptism. That right. you you have a sense of who you are when you know whose you are and so yeah when when you when you forget that you're baptized um when you forget that god's name is on you when you have god's name uh you're not going to act like somebody who's got 
God's name, right? I mean, and that's and that's what Luther talks about in the Catechism with um, you know the first petition, right? That it's when God's word is uh, taught in its truth and purity, and we as children of God also live holy lives according to it. When those things happen, God's name is sanctified, is is hallowed, right? So right. I mean, it's 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 a huge part of it, and that's uh yeah, like our you can see that baptismal remembrance there, that remembrance of. Uh, salvation, the rock, you know, which which Paul is going to go back and say, "Hey, look, the the rock that was that was Christ, right?" Um, mm-hmm. What what's interesting then, so you know, th- there it is. There's this you know this great moment of salvation. They had just uh, they had just seen this, right? And it's just like yesterday. I, um, we, we we pre-recorded this one, but right after we did uh, Exodus 15, you go into Exodus 16, and already we've got grumbling, right? I mean, like just. Immediately after, like, how could you forget that that happened? That was like yesterday, um, but but now you're we're, we're we're demanding food. So I mean, what, what do you think about that? Isn't that just interesting? How uh, the psalm kind of highlights that how it was so fast from like the pivotal moment of salvation to acting like you forgot it. They they take him for granted, and then it's and 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 it's. But see, what's what's tragic about it is it is it evidence of of unbelief. Uh, or, or it's yeah. tempting. You know, th- that's the other theme that goes through this: how the people tempted God. Uh, you know, yeah. they, well, can He uh, provide a, a, a table in the wilderness? I, I remember seeing uh, uh, a book entitled "Table in the Wilderness." You know, a lot of these the, these uh, expressions from the Psalter are used, you know, for devotional literature. And, and uh, you know, is he going to spread the table in the wilderness? No, remember in the 23rd Psalm, it says, I spread a table for them in the presence of, he spreads a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So he spreads a table for them in the, the dry, dead wilderness. And, and, and that, right. But then they, they continue to test him. Well, well, okay, brought us out of the Red Sea. Now let's see what he's going to do for us. Is he going to give us something to eat? <laughs> Is he going to give us something to drink? You know, and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, isn't, and isn't that interesting? Um, that, that is the way that you got these quotes, right? Um, and they're not—I I don't think they're, like, actual, like, quotes from Exodus, per se. I mean, they're, they're kind of— Right. Um, similar to things that were said, right? But they're they're kind of yeah. like poetically bringing out the, uh, you know, just the the I mean the impudence the uh, I'm trying to think of like I mean the I mean maybe that's the best word for it, but just this kind of like this brash, um, oh yeah, it, it just like undermining of of God's authority and and holiness, right? Like reducing him to a, a divine a, a celestial waiter, right, or something like that. Like you know, hey, but uh, I mean I mean I mean there it is uh, in verse twenty, right? Well. He struck the rocks, that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? And, and, and I think that's exactly to your point. Um, I, I think you're, you're spot on. What it, what it speaks to is unbelief. What it actually, I mean, in this case, right, it's not as if they, they saw it and, and, they, and they believed. And then just, you know, two days later, they'd fallen away from faith. I mean, it, it speaks to like a, a good chunk, I think, of the of the population seeing all that Red Sea but being like Pharaoh and saying, well, okay, so he does that, but could he do more? I mean, it's that idea of, of it not being enough of, uh, of saying, well, okay, that, that's nice, God, you know, and you can forgive my sins and give me an identity, but what I really want is this, right? And that's, like you're saying, like, that's just, that's just un- unrepentance. 
And, and, and the, the thing is, who do they think they are? Who do they yeah. think they are? You know, it's kind of like being when when uh, God appears to Job in the whirlwind. You know, who do you think you are? Who do you yeah. think I am? You know, I mean, they they have a pretty high opinion of themselves, don't they? Yeah, no, well, that's right. Well, I mean, just the idea that well, I mean, I mean, I I, I deserve good things. I'm a good person, right? And this is the way that we talk, you know. And oh, when yeah. bad things happen, yeah. we're all just we're all just surprised, like. Well, I mean, surely I deserve goodness and mercy every day of my life. So, you know, if something goes wrong, right? I mean, and it's just, that's just so different from what we have in the small catechism, uh, what Luther says, you know, um, you know, surely we deserve uh, nothing but punishment, right, as, as uh, sinners. So, I mean, the idea that, just a different uh, perspective, if anything goes right, we should be thanking God and saying, wow, what an undeserved gift, as opposed to the entitled perspective that says, wow, when anything goes wrong, it's like, what, what are you doing, God? You're not doing your job. I'm, I'm reminded, actually, this is exactly the same way young people talk to their parents these days. That yes. It's like, you know, hey, like my job is to like go to school and like to, you know, get okay-ish grades, right? Um, <laughs> and, and to do these extracurriculars. Your job, right, as the parent is to do all the housework and drive me all over creation, right? And when you don't do that, you're not doing your job. I mean, that that is, that is, just like you were saying, like, who do, who do we think we are? Um, and, and so what do we have to do? We've we got to be reminded about who we are and who God is. We've got to be reminded of the goodness and the good thing he's doing. That's, that's, that's the whole theme here. I've uh, got to take our final break here before the, the last little chunk here, but we'll be right back. Uh, the conclusion of today's portion, looking at the Exodus in Psalm 78 on Thy Strong Word. If you want to show gratitude to your pastor, the number one way you do that is by being in church on a regular basis uh, and actually uh, receiving what I'm here to do, and that is proclaim Christ, and then bring people with you also. And the same thing is really true with KFUO. Uh, It shows this radio station and its staff and its guests that what they're doing is valued, not just when there is financial support, but one of the biggest ways you can support uh, beyond a financial gift is by telling your family and your friends about Mm -hmm. KFUO and the ways in which they can listen to the programming, either uh, by podcast, over your computer, uh, with the radio broadcast, all those different ways. Share that with your family and friends. Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back everybody to Thy Strong Word. Looking at Psalm 78 today in the midst of KFUO Sherathon. Just talking about just how important it is is the remembrance uh, the idea that we never we never advance beyond it like in the same way that we don't you know say like oh well the parents were okay up to this point but now they're not doing their job right uh, same way like you know luther said he never mastered the catechism you gotta keep saying this stuff again and again you gotta keep hearing this stuff again and again and proclaiming this to, to the new generation or else 
we we forget who we are, uh, just like our guest was saying. Uh, we forget who we are, and we kind of do a role reversal, and we kind of think of ourselves as God, and uh, God is uh, the guy who I mean isn't isn't keeping up with us. Uh, just so, so important to keep the word before us here. Uh, for that reason, we thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, their website, lhfmissions.org. Thank you for your support. Of course, thank you, our producers um, who work in conjunction with KFUO, the, the folks at the LCMS Office of National Mission, uh, for doing this here. Uh, so, yeah, we were just looking at that that, that key part there in, in verse, it was right around verse 20, how, you know, the the, the, the entitlement really comes out. Um, and, you know, and, and yet, you know, there's... It's interesting. It says, you know, God, you know, he has this wrath, you know, but even still he rains down manna, right? I mean, like un- totally undeserved. Uh, he, he should just wrathfully, you know, smite them right now, right? But but he doesn't do that. He, he showers goodness on them um, in all these different ways, like we were talking about yesterday, undoing the hail and the locusts by bringing manna and quail. Um, it's just this, like, it's this poetic um, you know, reversal here, right? Reminding them, hey, guys, <laughs> remember what I did to the Egyptians and how now I'm doing the exact opposite for you? I mean, a very gentle and gracious reminder here. And yet, what's it say? While wow, the food was still in their mouths, right? Uh, they yeah. they go back to cursing God and, and they don't they don't bring it to remembrance. It's, it's as if they're so busy just chowing down on the stuff that God gives them that they can't bring themselves to go back and speak and hear what God did in in Egypt. You know, uh, it struck me then in verse 36 where it says, they, but they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with yeah. their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Uh, you know, if you look at in, in, in uh, Exodus where Moses goes up and receives God's word and brings it to the people, the people say, everything that the Lord has said we will do, we will be faithful, yeah. we'll listen. You know, I mean, they, they're, they're sort of like a... Um, um, you know, they use their mouth. That's sort of like a mouth uh, faithfulness, but not a, not yeah. uh, in deeds. Um, and and right. well, it reminds just just listening to you speak right there reminds me of Pharaoh himself. I mean, isn't that the exact like same yep. way that Pharaoh talks? I mean, with with yep. such scorn and mocking, and he says, "Well, Yahweh be with you if I ever let you and your children go." Right, and and, and he says this stuff, and he's like, "Oh, well, just you know, just pray, mo- intercede for me, and and, and bless me, right?" Uh, and then, sure, then you guys can go, and I will, I will let the Lord, you know, have His festival with His people. Um, and he, and he says all this with his mouth, but he's just lying through his teeth. Um, and it's 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 really scandalous to just think of how the, the people of God are so much like the enemies of God. And, and that's, and I, I yeah. think that's something that we need to remind ourselves, um, you know, lest we get big heads, right? I mean, uh, I, I think that like one of the re- recurring scandals throughout the, the ages is, uh, hey, God's people don't seem like they're actually all that great. Um, and you know what? The, yeah. the word itself gives lots of examples of how that's exactly the case and how, you know, here's Israel acting like Pharaoh. Um, and, and so yeah. you, you need to, I mean, what's God need to do? Well, he needs to send the same sorts of plagues on them that he sent on the Egyptians. I, ah, I mean, the, the, the comparison exactly. is like made by the the word itself. So, I mean, it, it's it's not surprising actually. Um, in some ways, it's it's surprising that we have any gen- regeneration in us at all. But just uh, with the last couple of minutes here, 
Uh, I just want to look at, you know, the actual sequence that it gives here of, of the plagues. I mean, this yeah. is so... Uh, this is so central, right? And and I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know what? In some ways, it's too bad that Luther didn't put this in the catechism, that we <laughs> that we like make the kids like memorize like the plague sequence, you know? Like this is this is like oh. you know such central stuff. Um, yeah. So you know, like uh, one day my daughter will know why she had to memorize the plague sequence. Uh, but but it's interesting. Um, he doesn't talk about all of them, does he? And he kind of goes in a particular order. Why do you suppose he focuses on the ones that he he is kind of given the the theme, the masculine here? Well, in in this particular case, um, I, I think it's it, first. There's the, uh, the the river to blood and so on. Um, it 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 maybe it's talking more about uh, you know how they're provided for. Uh, the, the the he emphasizes the plagues which which really uh, pull out from under the Egyptians their staff of life. And, and uh, you know, it, it's like I, I pulled out, you know, I, I took away their sustenance. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it may, perhaps it's, it's related to a poetic, uh, you know, construction in this particular case. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, if it, if it is, yeah, kind of, kind of a way of kind of highlighting, because we, we saw like how in, in the plagues themselves— there's a little bit of a sequence of God's mastery over the different elements, right? And so that's why you, you get the frogs and the blood, like, right next to each other. It's, like, water stuff. And then later on, you get, like, other kind of themes. And it seems like that's, like, not really so much, like, what's going on here, so much as, like, what you were saying. It's, like, a focus on on provision. It's, like, okay, God gives us, you know, um, you know swarms of quail, and he rains down manna, right? So it's it, these ways of, like, provision and... It's like when when the, when the rain of the manna comes and there's just manna all over the place in the morning. It's like God has like watered the earth and like given this like this provision, right? So like yes. all of these, it seems like are kind of meant to parallel this. And so it's like instead of swarms of uh, instead of rather like manna, uh, you've got a bloody Nile. And instead of uh, swarms of quail, swarms of flies and frogs. Instead of uh, a gentle manna rain. Um, you, you've got the, the hail. So hail. it's like kind of everything is kind of, it seems like being paired with the, the, the quail and, uh, the, the manna just kind of emphasizing, Hey guys, like here, he's giving you the exact opposite of all the plagues. Like the plagues are what you deserve. And yet by his mercy and then getting at that, that atonement idea, cause you actually have the word atonement pop up in this. Um, yes. that's, that's the pre, that's the atonement of Christ, you know, prefigured on Passover, you know, that as he's going through the city uh, with, with the destroying angels, right, and then saying, hey, destroying angels, you don't enter into this one because I'm going to pay for it myself. Uh, that's, that's what we need to be remembering. He, he sacrifices the Passover lamb. And as Luther says in his Easter hymn, you know, see his blood marks our door, faith points to it, death passes over, and Satan cannot harm us. And so, and so that it really points forward to God's, uh, re, you know, redemption, eternal redemption of his people. Amen. So, I mean, it really is something that, you know, they, they look back and, you know, as the people of God, you know, before in these BC times, and they look back on the Exodus and they say, God rescued us from evil. He rescued us from our enemies and he atoned for us, right? Like he, he rescued us by blood and marked us as his own, baptized. I mean, it's like, it's the same thing. I mean, it's in, it's in other terms, but you can really see how by appreciating the Exodus, the, the faith has been constant uh, throughout the ages like this, 
The thing that's not constant is our proclamation of it. So important um, to be looking at this during a share a and KFUO and just th thinking about how important it is to just you keep you keep speaking the message, you keep listening to the message. It never gets old. You never uh, get past it and then you just uh, move on. And, and that's, I mean, that's just so much though what the mass kill is all about, right? Like if, if only Ephraim had remembered the plagues in Egypt and what God did at the Red Sea, maybe it wouldn't have had to go that way. It's so wonderful that uh, that uh, that the entire listening public has a gift like KFUO so that they can remember the great deeds of the Lord. KFUO and its wonderful ministry that goes throughout the world. Yeah, amen, amen. And, uh, you know, if you listen to KFUO enough, you know, you'll uh, you'll, you'll have the, the plagues memorized because of just how often I talk about them, if nothing else. So <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm going to try to memorize them now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of have a general idea of it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, getting them, getting them down finally, right? Like, uh, oh, we had yep. on the bucket list of things to memorize, but now we finally did. But anyway, brother, uh, thank you so much for the double header this week. Uh, but yeah, just, My just so cool connecting the dots, looking at this, and we'll talk more about this awesome psalm next time. But uh, God's peace be with you and yours, and and with you also, and with everybody in in uh, that is in the sound of our voices. Thank you, brother. Everybody, that was Pastor David Boyce, Claire, pastor at Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri, helping us look at Psalm 78. We're looking at more of it because we didn't talk about the Ephraim Jacob stuff really uh, much at all. So we're going to put all the rest of the pieces together, another special episode during Sherathon. Uh, again, that 1-800 number, 1-800-730-2727. Uh, great time. The, the gifts are uh, being doubled here. Check that out. Until next time, everybody, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.